Yeah, very good morning to you. It is Thursday morning, the 9th of November, 2023. And my name is Richie Allen. This is The Papers. How are you? You all right this morning? It's very early, actually. I'm sitting down to record this now, and it is 7.17am. It's getting earlier and earlier, Baldy. The Papers, I hear you cry. Pretty soon, you'll be doing The Papers before The Papers have even left the printing presses. No, what it is is... I've just been getting up very, very early, even for an insomniac, very, 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 very early. But I'm having a few days off after today. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the podcast, and I'll tell you more about it on the live show later on. Just a few days off. I've done 10 weeks since my summer holiday, uh, 10 weeks today without missing a day, and I'm a bit tired. I need a few days. Uh, So then I can come back and really have a go through November, December into Christmas. So I can come back full of uh, pith and vinegar. Anyway, shall we look at the front pages of the UK newspapers today? I think we should. After all, that is what this is all about. The Metro, the Metro, the free paper, PM reads Riot Act to Met Chief. You probably know what this is all about. This is about the pro-Palestinian march which will take place in London this weekend uh, alongside the Remembrance Commemorations Armistice Day. The Metro reports that the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak summoned the Met Police Commissioner Mark Rowley to number 10 after warning he would be held to account if the march interfered with the commemorations. Now, Rowley has said the police will do all in its powers. The police will do will use all their powers to protect remembrance activities, but there are no grounds to ban the protest. The protest won't be anywhere near the Cenotaph, which seems to be getting lost, you know, not getting lost, has been lost, in this discussion. More on that in a minute. The Daily Express, Rishi warns Met Chief, you'll take blame if protest is violent. So that's already, we've already dealt with that. Daily Mail, everyone going with this. PM tells Met Chief, on your head be it. Yes, Mark Rowley still refuses to ban Gaza March on Armistice Day, even after being summoned to number 10. The Times leads with Braverman Brands met biased over Gaza march. Now, this is Suella Braverman, or Braverman, Braverman. She's the Home Secretary, and she might very well be fired by the time you hear this podcast. She might well have been handed her own marching orders by the Prime Minister Sunak. And it is being said this morning, I've been listening to talk, not talk radio, the the channel, but I've been listening to talk radio generally, BBC Radio 4 and BBC Radio 5 Live, mostly this morning. Some of the talking heads are claiming that Braverman is setting herself up as a future Conservative Party leadership candidate and that she's trying to distance herself from Sunak. So this is um, being described as her third own goal recently, uh, in, in recent times. She made comments, didn't she, about it being a lifestyle choice. Homelessness was a lifestyle choice, she said, among many of her recent gaffes. But maybe not gaffes. Maybe there's a method to the madness of Suella Braverman. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. So that's the times then. They're all going with the march on Saturday. I paper, Tories accuse Home Secretary 
of fueling UK far-right anger. So there are claims this morning, and certainly in the Oi paper, is that moderate Tories, colleagues of Braverman, uh, are claiming that her comments will inflame tensions and fuel anger on the far right. One serving minister has told the Oi paper is that her job is to calm things, but uh, describing the stance she has taken as dangerous and totally irresponsible. So a minister has said to the Oi paper she should be calming things down, but her stance is dangerous and totally irresponsible. That's the Oi paper. The Sun asks, screams, headline, front page, where have all the poppies gone? And the Sun is alleging that busy rail stations have been left without poppy sellers because of fears around pro-Palestine protests. There was a, a very ugly incident, wasn't there, earlier in the week where an elderly gentleman selling poppies, well, it was last weekend, actually, it was last weekend during pro-Palestinian protests, there was uh, photographs and video that seemed to show a gentleman selling the poppy being harassed, harangued and even assaulted by people there uh, seemingly to to uh, protest against the the situation in Gaza. So yeah, so the Sun reckons this has prompted an exodus of poppy sellers from train stations and, and what have you. Uh, the Guardian, Starmer fights to control party as shadow ministers threaten to quit. So this is the other side of the divide. So you have the Labour leader, Keir Starmer, who has refused to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. And he's doubled and trebled down on his party support for Israel. You know, this is all about dis- distancing, distancing himself and repositioning the Labour Party as a great friend of the state of Israel. This is, of course, this has a lot to do with the previous leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn, and accusations of anti-Semitism in the party and all of that. We've covered all of this before. But Starmer is struggling to, uh, to assert his authority within the party, says The Guardian, because many of his backbenchers are very unhappy with his stance on Gaza. And apparently that unrest has moved to the front bench. Some of his shadow ministers are preparing to quit, according to The Guardian. One did, a guy called Imran Hussein has already resigned from the shadow front bench. It is claimed by The Guardian there are more. There are many more, apparently, ministers who are prepared to go unless Starmer, you know, criticises Israel, effectively. It's the Daily Telegraph, AZ, that's AstraZeneca, to be sued over defective vaccine. We'll get into that in a minute. That's important. Uh, the Daily Mirror leads with why. Why is the headline? And there is a photograph of a young man called Alfie Lewis. He's a 15-year-old. He was stabbed to death near a school in Leeds on Tuesday. And the Mirror has been speaking to his mother, who's obviously absolutely beset by grief because of this. It's a horrible thing. Knife crime is a thing these days, isn't it? We, we used, used to be London, but it seems to have kind of spread out to you know a lot of cities here in the UK. You read about the... I don't know how... Because the media being what the media is... And the sensational, the sensational approach, the tabloids take a sensational approach to everything. So how prevalent is knife crime amongst young people? I don't know is the answer. But it's a terrible, terrible thing, a 15-year-old kid to be stabbed uh, to death. There is a young man in custody who is believed to have carried out this uh, attack. Horrible. The Financial Times, SoftBank paid $1.5 billion to WeWork's Bank's 
days before bankruptcy filing. As the Daily Star, I found Bigfoot in Wales. Wow. The Daily Star carries a picture of what it calls a ginormous size 23 footprint found in a woodland in Wales. It says the image suggests monster watchers have found Bigfoot. Bigfoot may very well be living in the wilderness of Wales. Those are the front pages of the newspapers uh, today, Thursday, the 9th of November 2023. Let's look inside the papers then. There's only one place to start, really. The Telegraph. Oxford AstraZeneca COVID jab was defective, claims landmark legal case. So let's read this. couple of paragraphs. The Oxford AZ COVID-19 vaccine has been branded defective in a multi-million pound landmark legal action as it will suggest claims over its efficacy were vastly overstated. The pharmaceutical joint is being sued in the High Court in a test case by Jamie Scott, a father of two who suffered a significant permanent brain injury that has left him unable to work as a result of a blood clot after receiving the jab in April 2021. A second claim is being brought by the widower and two young children of 35-year-old Alpa Taylor, who died after having the jab made by AstraZeneca, the UK-based pharmaceutical joint. So this is big news, right? The test cases could pave the way for as many as 80 damages claims worth an estimated £80 million over a new condition known as vaccine-induced immune thrombocytopenia and thrombosis, or VIT, V-I-T-T, vaccine-induced immune thrombocytopenia and thrombosis. This was identified by specialists in the wake of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Now, independent studies, I'm still reading the Telegraph story, show the AstraZeneca vaccine was incredibly effective in tackling the pandemic, saving more than 6 million lives globally in the first year of the rollout. Last year, the World Health Organization said the vaccine was safe and effective for all individuals aged 18 above and that the adverse effect that has prompted the legal action was, quote, very rare. This vaccine was heralded at its launch by Boris Johnson as a triumph for British science. It is no longer used in the UK. The government recommends three other vaccines for its autumn booster programme. Okay, so that's the Telegraph. By the way, it did quote AstraZeneca. Uh, AstraZeneca told the Telegraph, patient safety was its highest priority. Its vaccine, called Vaxevria, V-A-X-Z-E-V-R-I-A, Vaxveria had continuously been shown to have an acceptable safety profile as that regulators around the world consistently state that the benefits of vaccination outweigh the risks of extremely rare potential side effects. And the Telegraph writes, it is understood AstraZeneca in its legal response denies causing Mr. Scott's injuries. Now the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency the regulator here, MHRA, shows at least 81, at least 81 deaths in the UK are suspected to have been linked to the adverse reaction, reaction even, that caused clotting in people who also had low blood platelets. Hmm. Not mentioned in the article, strangely enough. I would have mentioned if I'd written the article 
that the AstraZeneca jab, just like all the other jabs, that there are or is no long-term safety data because the jabs were giving, given emergency use authorization and they were given to people basically on a wing and on a prayer. And that's basically, I would imagine this is going to make up this is going to make up a big part of the legal argument made by those claiming that they were injured by the AZ jab, that there is no long-term safety data. It usually takes about a decade to roll out these jabs. So this is very interesting and very significant, and of course we'll follow the progress of this case in the same newspaper. I mentioned already Jamie Scott, who is alive but nearly died after having the AstraZeneca Oxford jab. Uh, We were told the vaccine was safe, but what happened has been life-changing. So there's an article in the paper which features his story. It speaks to his wife, Kate Scott. She was called by the hospital three times to say goodbye to him. Three times they said he's going to die at any minute, but he didn't. He had a catastrophic bleed on his brain following AstraZeneca jab. Um, following after he received the AstraZeneca jab and uh, he can no longer hold down his job he can no longer follow complex conversations his sight is impaired and the simplest things such as reading a book are no longer quite as simple so a lot of talk about that we might get into it a bit later on the Richie Allen show let's have a look at something in The Guardian which caught my interest Tongue twisters could be used to gauge alcohol intoxication levels study finds. Tongue twisters could be used to determine just how pissed people are. (laughs) And it might be even used, tongue twisters, to allow you access your car in the future. Imagine you have been in the pub. Well, I I would never drive, by the way, and I wouldn't. I'm not just saying this. I'm, I'm no virtue signaler, but I would never take a car on a night out. I just wouldn't do it, right? But um, those who do, those who drive into town and who say, sure, I'll have the one, maybe two, and then I'll drive home. In the near future, you might be, um, you, you might go to unlock your car with the fob and the car wouldn't allow you to start it unless you were able to read to the car or repeat to the car something they're calling a voice challenge where you might be asked to say something like she sells seashells down by the seashore or something like that or I don't know I can't remember too many uh, I can't remember too many tongue twisters we used to have a children's TV show in Ireland called Bosco and there was a little feature in Bosco every episode where little little creatures would pop up and they would recite they would recite a tongue twister three times each each subsequent time they would say it faster. So I love this story, you know. Anybody who works in high-risk workplaces like school bus drivers or heavy machine operators might be, before they turn on the car engine or the lorry engine or the bus engine, they might be asked to say red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, pickled peppers or something like that anyway. Good story. Tongue twisters could play a big part. <laughs> In the future, it even says in the article is that bartenders and restaurateurs, they might know when to cut somebody off and say, no, you've had too many. Oh, no, if not, I'm fine. Listen, read out this tongue twister then. Brilliant stuff. The Times. Now, this is, this is going to be given blanket coverage today. Suella Braverman has written an op-ed for The Times, and it is being claimed this morning that Braverman, the Home Secretary, must want to be fired. And by by the way, it's now 7.32am as I record this. As I said, it might be, it might come to pass today 
Is it Braverman? Braverman might end up out on her arse. Again, there are commentators claiming she wants to be fired because she sees herself as the next leader of the Conservative Party. The Conservative Party is expected to be destroyed in the next general election, which is, which is being, it's being touted that there's a possibility it might be this coming May. So in the spring, in the late spring, we might have an election. Anyway, Suella Braverman, in her op-ed, right, further times, has accused the Metropolitan Police of playing favourites with protesters. So this is, this is fireable, this is sackable material, right? She's begging to be fired, basically. She clashed with Britain's most senior officer over his decision to give the go-ahead to Saturday's pro-Palestinian march. In the article for the Times, Braverman also risks... This is another article in the Times, by the way. The, the, the Times is getting great mileage out of this, right? So it's allowed her to write an op-ed, and then the Times has written its own article about her op-ed in its newspaper, right? So anyway, in an article for the Times, the Home Secretary also risks inflaming tensions further by claiming that the weekly pro-Palestinian protests were being used by Islam Islamic extremists as an attempt to dominate the streets of London. She compared what she described as the weekly hate marches by pro-Palestinian protesters to sectarian rallies held in Northern Ireland during the trouble. So she's pissed everybody off, right? Apparently, Orange Order folks, loyalists in Northern Ireland, are properly pissed off this morning, right? Braverman claims that senior police officers are biased in their policing of protests and employ a double standard whereby they take a significantly softer approach towards left-wing groups like Black Lives Matter than right-wing protests such as anti-lockdown demos and football hooliganism. Hmm. Braverman warned the police must not take a soft touch uh, approach to policing this weekend's protest in implicit criticism of the Met's management of the, of the rallies over the last month. She said the public will expect to see an assertive and proactive approach to any displays of hate, breaches of conditions and general uh, disorder. I think it's fair to say Braverman won't be in a job by the time I finish the Richie Allen show this evening at 7 o'clock. And an article in The Telegraph claims that Sunak is facing calls from moderate Tory MPs to sack Braverman because of all this, because she labelled pro-Palestinian marchers as hate marchers, because of her comments around homelessness and all the rest of that. Right. The Times, staying with the Times, refugee struggle drives German homelessness up by half. The Times alleges, well, I think it's based on legitimate figures, the number of homeless people in Germany has risen by more than 50% in 12 months, according to a report that found the increase was almost entirely due to a doubling in the number of refugees with no fixed place to stay. Soaring rents, a sharp rise in the broader cost of living and an acute shortage of social housing have compounded the difficulties of finding space for about a million Ukrainians fleeing the invasion of their homeland and the 148,000 non-Ukrainians who applied for asylum in 2022. Many local authorities say they have been stretched to the limits of their capacity and can no longer absorb any more irregular immigrants, with the number of people expected to seek asylum in Germany over the course of 2023 expected to surpass 300,000. Last year, about 607,000 people were at least temporarily without a home 
compared with 383,000 in 2021. And that's according to the Federal Association for Aid to the Homeless, which is an umbrella group for social services and homeless shelters. It's a basket case situation. And it isn't just happening in Germany. It's happening in Ireland. It's happening in the UK. It's happening everywhere. And this reporter believes, in his opinion, he says, referring to himself in the third person, I believe it is a deliberate agenda. It is about collapsing economies. That is what it is about. It is about driving division, dividing people on issues such as immigration and the you know the 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 issues that arise out of it problems with accessing housing problems with accessing decent education with decent services more generally i mean that situation in germany is insane and and we've talked a lot about what's happening in ireland as well of course isn't it collapse economies and people of course won't turn on those responsible for these policies people will turn on each other it's happening every day it's happening now uh, the Mail Online, staying with the march uh, for a minute, man who organised Armistice Day pro-Palestine march was working for Keir Starmer at the time but mysteriously left his job this week. This is interesting. A senior former Labour aide has organised the pro-Palestine march on Armistice Day despite Keir Starmer's ban on MPs attending rallies. This is Ben Safa. He's the leader of the Palestine Solidarity Campaign and he was working for Starmer until mysteriously leaving his job this week, according to the Mail Online. Labour MPs have been warned by Starmer they should not, under any circumstances, attend any of these events. Starmer has told MPs, stay away from the pro-Palestine marches and gatherings. So this, of course, is again about positioning Starmer, really, as the UK's next Prime Minister. Starmer has done everything in his power to distance himself and the party from the previous leadership of the party, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, of course, and set himself up really as the Prime Minister in waiting. So they probably had a quiet word with this guy, Ben Soffa, and said, listen, it's probably best for a while if you piss off. We can't have you, you know, you being involved with the marches and also you working so closely with uh, the party leader. Um, his social media accounts still claim that he is an active employee of the Labour Party. That's Ben Soffa. I wonder what's going to happen at the weekend. I, I don't know what, what is going to happen. The, 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 the march to Hyde Park, the route, is, goes nowhere near the Cenotaph. So there shouldn't be any issues at all. But we have seen over the years uh, agent, a, agent provocateurs, agent provocateurs, we've seen people sent in to disrupt peaceful protests Right to create an issue, to create a problem, which can then be picked up by the media, and then the fallout from that can be used by other parties, right, to make even more mischief again. So we'll see, I suppose, in time, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I will be at Old Trafford Football Stadium like an idiot on Saturday, watching my football team play. I'll probably catch a bit of a protest in Media City. I think there's there is a protest organised for Media City here in Salford. So I'm, I might catch up with some of that on the way back from the game. I suppose we, we will have to wait and see. So there you go, uh, dearest of listeners. That's about the size of it for the papers today. I'll be back with you, uh, of course, on the Richie Allen Show proper at 5 o'clock UK time. Now, and after that, you won't hear from me until next Wednesday.
until next Wednesday, right? Until until the 15th. What I'm doing is I'm going to take a few days off because I've been pretty knackered, really. Um, I came back on... Second, second or third of September. I don't have to explain myself to you or to anybody else. I don't feel like I do, but I like to tell you the way it is. So I've done ten straight weeks, and it's tough going. Right, five live radio shows a week, which are produced and edited by me. So I'm pretty exhausted now, and um, I I want to uh, take a few days off just to relax, not to do very much. So you won't be after the show this evening. You won't hear at all from me until Wednesday morning. Uh, the 15th, when I will be back with the Papers podcast, and then Wednesday evening, I'll be back with the Richie Allen show. So including the weekend, I'm having about five days, really. And um, and then when I come back, I'll be going right through, without a pause, until December 22nd. I think it's December 22nd, anyway. Let me just check that. Is it December 22nd? Yes, I will broadcast then until uh, Friday, December 21st. That's right, which will be... Uh, when I break up for Christmas. So that's that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the papers. Uh, share it where you can. Uh, as I stop the recording, it is 7.41. As I said, it'll be interesting to see if Suella Braverman is still in a job later on, won't it? So it will. The Richie Allen Show, by the way, is archived on uh, iTunes, Spotify and Podomatic.com. There is an app for the programme do download the app and do leave a review for it. You'll find it on Google Play. You'll find it on the App Store. Just look for the Richie Allen Show and you can message me at any time with that app, okay? So I'll speak to you later on at 5 o'clock. Until then, bye.